What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Small World Business Podcast. My name's Justin Colzo. I'm here with my co-host. Dan Poku. It's a small world, and business connects us all. So buckle up, and let's grow together. All right, guys, special episode here today. Uh, finally back to it after a couple weeks on and off. Uh, Dan had a... Had a lot of vacations in there. <laughs> lot, yeah, everyone's out of town. Uh, coming back in this week, got a, got a buddy of mine and and fellow fitness junkie, a little more in shape than everyone else here. Uh, Andre, welcome to the show. Hey, pleasure. <laughs> Happy to have you. Uh, Andre is owner, founder, entrepreneur. Uh, give us a little background on you, where you're from, how you want up, where you are, all your different companies that you're toes in. Yeah, guys, so uh, my name is Andre. Um, born and raised in Germany, actually. Uh, moved to the States in 2006 as an immigrant. Closer to you. If, if that works, yeah. Uh, so yeah, moved to the States in 2006. Um, lived in Pittsburgh for uh, high school and college. Moved to North Carolina. Uh, that's where I started working, just a corporate job, making a living. Got kind of burned out and found myself where you know I needed to do more in life. So. Um, I started a company, Alpha Omega Fitness, back in 2018. Um, it was originally just a clothing company, and I did some personal training and some online coaching on the side, nothing really serious. I still worked full-time while doing that, so I had a, a 9-to-5, which was more like an 8-to-6. Yeah, of uh, drive time and all that good stuff. Right. Then I went and trained some clients uh, at a local gym, like low-key. Um, from probably like 6 until 9 o'clock, worked out myself, got home, and then worked on the business sometimes until 1, 2 in the morning and repeated that for two years straight. Uh, finally pulled the trigger on moving down to Florida, opened up a business, a Nutrishopa supplement store with my best friend here in Carrollwood. It's about 15 minutes from our current location. Um, I was a major part of that for about a year until I finally decided I was financially stable to make that next move. So here we are, we got Alpha Omega Fitness, um, private gym in Tampa. So you got your foot in three, three, are you still part of the shop? I'm not as far as ownership. Uh, I am a partner though as far as um, with, with, with the facility itself, we partnered up. Uh, where the facility gets you know kickbacks from referring clients, commission sales, and everything like that. Like I said, my best friend owns that, but um, I'm still part of it. I just don't have ownership into the business. Did you originally? No. Okay, just no. kind of helped him out a little bit. Just here and really there. helped him out because my background was in supplements. Um, I worked for GNC for eight and a half, almost nine years. So it's pretty high up on the ladder there. So when it comes to supplements and retail sales, uh, pretty much king. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, one of my biggest questions for you: uh, personal training is there's it's very saturated. There's trainers everywhere. You know, I've, I'm a trainer myself. Yeah. I, I know that. Why open a brick and mortar gym? Why not just train online? Training online is really easy. It's easy to scale. Why open a gym in person? It's difficult. Yeah, absolutely. It's difficult and it's expensive. <laughs> uh, usually when people ask me, hey, I want to open up a gym. What's your best advice? I usually tell them, don't open up a gym. <laughs> um, it's a lot of work. Um, you know, it's stressful. But at the end of the day, it's whatever you're passionate about. Um, and that's what's going to fuel you. So um, I, I truly believe that online business is the way to go you have almost zero overhead expenses and if you can keep it that way and scale your business that is great um, but you know passion lies with working people one-on-one -on -one. so it's always been a dream to open up a gym but at the same time um, having that one-on-one -on -one connection with your clients that's how you really retain them because online you can only really get so much out of it whereas when you actually physically meet with your clients, um, they get more out of it. And that helps them, and it helps me retain them as well for more so like a long-term relationship. Absolutely, I mean, Dan was one of my clients for two years, now we have a podcast together, so you're 100% yeah. you're right. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know anything? Yeah, so where does the name Alpha Omega even come from? Like, why? So, um, Alpha Omega, one, it just sounds badass. It does, yeah. Two, um, it is actually religious. Uh, it's from the Book of Revelations. So, Alpha Omega is the uh, first, you know, Alpha is the first letter of the uh, Greek alphabet, Omega is the last. Um, in the book of Revelations, it's the beginning and the end, and uh, God says he is, you know, the beginning and the end of all times. So we kind of took it with the more so religious background with it, um, and with that as well, um, I kind of spun it into like the fitness, like it starts with you and it ends with you kind of thing. So. Um, a little bit of everything. Yeah, a little bit of everything, but um, mainly it, it, it sounds good, you know what I mean? It, so, it sounds good, it's a little aggressive. Uh, <laughs> and then I, I do want you to touch on bodybuilding. Um, like, I, like I mentioned, for those of you that don't know Andre, uh, like I mentioned, he's in the best shape in this room. Uh, you just did two shows relatively recently. Yep. Talk about not only how the shows went, talk about the process, getting to those shows, the thought process in getting to the shows, the process at the shows. Talk about that whole experience for us. Yeah, so um, I've been in the fitness industry for probably 14 years, um, whether it was training, coaching, retail sales, supplements, I've always been involved, but I've never been into bodybuilding got into bodybuilding about two years ago um, it was just something I was always interested in I saw you know I followed the Olympia I saw you know all the influencers online and how good they looked and everything like that and I always wondered if I could push myself to be able to do something like that so about two years ago I set out to actually jump onto bodybuilding and my goal was to do at least one show in my life just to say it did it. I uh, didn't expect it to be anything great or anything like that. Um, I hired a coach, a local friend uh, who's been very involved in the fitness industry, has a lot of athletes and everything. I needed somebody that you know, could communicate with me because what I do with my clients and bodybuilding is 100% different. And it's usually not what I preach because I preach a very like balanced lifestyle and I don't <laughs> coach competition clients either so this was like brand new to me and I was like okay well this could open up more doors it's good for marketing it's good for business um, so two years ago kind of set out um, had a season last year we did really well um, we did actually so well that we thought hey we might be on to something we could scale this um, again it would be good for business and personal growth but Turned out um, my physique was pretty good, so we gave it a shot this week, uh, this year again. Uh, we did a 20-week prep, so about five months of dieting uh, while running a business. So I think that was the most difficult part of it was running a business simultaneously on prep, dieting, doing cardio. Working out three days a week, I mean three days a, uh, three times a day, not a week, three times a day, six days a week, basically. I, it's still coming in, showing up for my clients, so I get up in the morning, you know, 4.35 a.m., go do an hour of fasted cardio, come home, breakfast, shower, meet my first client anywhere from 8 or 9 a.m., work probably start working half days just for my sanity but work anywhere from 2 3 p.m train myself go home more food maybe a nap then go and do more cardio at night uh, so it was literally full-time night and day for five months straight did you enjoy it dur during the process not on the stage did you enjoy the, the five weeks you know it's um it's really hard on your mental health uh, because you could take a lot of the way it's restrictive. So what I didn't enjoy about it was the fact that uh, I had to minimize my social time as far as I just because you're tired. So you, you can't stay out late. You're hungry. You're kind of I wouldn't I don't want to use the word miserable, but you are miserable, especially towards the end. But you can't you can't eat, you can't drink or anything like that. You know, the social 
things. So um, my my effort this time around was to go out and do things, um, activities that you know, didn't necessarily always involve eating or drinking, but you get caught up with that. You know, your friends want to go out and do this and you don't want to say no. Um, I think that was the hardest part of it and that's what I don't enjoy about bodybuilding is the fact that it's an all-in sport and you can't cheat. Um, that's really, it's kind of like the make it or break it because it's more mental than anything. Um, but what I do like about the entire process is that it's so regimented. It's a routine. You know, you, it's the same thing every single day. Um, you got to be mentally tough to be able to get through the days, especially, you know, when you have 50 grams of carbs in you or 1400 calories and you still have to work out three times a day. You still have to see your clients. You still have to scale your business. Um, getting through all of that while on prep, that to me was worth it because it's just personal growth. Talk about the moments on stage. You, you did two different shows. Yeah. Uh, you did the one in Orlando, I think it was, and then the one up in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I did one in Orlando on August 13th, and then just uh, about a week and a half ago in Pittsburgh. Um, the first one in Orlando was just a regional local show. Um, it's kind of national qualifiers, what they call it. Um, that one is more basic, you know what I mean? Um, competition is not the best there, um, but you know, we, we weren't sure about doing that show. I was already nationally qualified. Um, we decided to do that to actually help with the peaking process and do some learning, collect data for the big show. Um, so we did that. I ended up winning my class in that um, getting first place, which was awesome, you know, kind of a nice confidence boost right before nationals. And then um, I had about two and a half weeks in between that show and the national show in Pittsburgh. So if you guys don't know the difference between a regional and national, it's um, national shows that the best of the best in the entire country show up to that show. It's not just your person that wants to do a bodybuilding show. These people have been doing it for five to ten years trying to earn their pro card. They are the best in the country. The show I picked in Pittsburgh was actually North Americans. So I was competing against the best in North America, United States, Canada, and Mexico. So the competition there was pretty tough and just the men's classic physique division that I'm in, I think there was like 125 competitors and in my class itself was about 31. So it was a big show. And how'd you come out again? I don't remember what your results were. Um, the scorecards show like 15, 16th place out of 31 in my class. So right there in the middle, it's not what I you know, set out to be. Um, I wanted to be in the first First call-outs, or at least second call-outs, uh, which would be top 10. Um, that's kind of what we were aiming for, for a first national show. But again, um, the competition really showed up. These guys were probably 15, 20 pounds heavier, bigger than me on stage. Been doing it for a long time. They have a lot more experience. You know, One of the top guys, I think he finished fourth or third in that show. That was his fifth national show so they've been going at it trying to earn their pro card and you know you got to finish first place at that show to get your pro card so they kept on coming back year after year after year trying to get that pro card so um, they definitely have a little bit more maturity more skill on the posing aspect of it they've just been doing it longer and they're bigger so I was outsized, um, but it was the best I have ever looked. So I was very happy with the package that we brought, especially just, you know, being two years in. Is your goal to run it back next year? Another season? No. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask that too. We, yeah, so we decided to, and that's my coaches and um, my girlfriend as well too, just decided that we need to take at least two years off. Um, reason being one, just I've been bodybuilding for two years straight, kind of burned out on the whole off season plus prep thing. It's, 
it's an all-in sport, you know what I mean? Uh, even on the off-season, you can't just go around and eating what you want and everything. You're regimented on the off-season, too. So just for, like, my mental health and physical health, um, we're going to take at least a year off and just kind of recover and get back to, like, square one. And then probably take a... Um, big off season to grow because that was my judge's feedback was, hey, you were outsized. So uh, take a year for just, you know, my life, health, all that good stuff. Take a year to grow fully, try to add another 10 pounds or so, and then start a prep. So it could be anywhere from two, two and a half years before I jump on stage again. If ever, you know, yeah. life happens. And uh, I got a lot of plans of scaling the business. We're in the process of growing this gym, um, looking at other avenues of other businesses too. And um, obviously, you know, relationship and, you know, having kids and getting married and everything like that is talk. So we don't know. We're just going to take some time off. Life happens. Yeah. Life so what's, happens. I have a question. So what's one thing that you kind of learned through that whole process from, you know, preparing to competing? What's like one thing you kind of learned along the way? I would say, um, you know, when it comes to bodybuilding, it's, it's more science than it is anything. Okay. So um, I would say I learned the most about the process of, getting somebody to look that way on stage. Um, I've worked with three coaches during this prep, and I think that was that was the biggest thing, It's just really learning the process and how to manipulate uh, certain aspects to give you that look. Um, I would say that's probably what Yeah, because, I, I mean, bodybuilding is a totally different monster. I would yeah. never in a million years take on a, a competition client because I, I know, I understand nutrition, I have a degree and background in this, never in a million years that I'd be like, I can get you on stage. Never, absolutely not, It's I'm clueless to it. I'd rec I have a couple people I can recommend, but I mean, it's bodybuilding and training and coaching for it is a whole different beast. I mean, you're probably the third or fourth person I've known that's gone through it, and I mean, hell, you, you've clearly had a lot of success in it, so you're doing something right on, on, on that end and in that regard. Uh, you know, but I mean, if you do you have any more questions about bodybuilding here, because I mean, if we could touch on like the mental aspect of it, because you kind of touched on it a little bit how it kind of took a toll on that. Was there anything you kind of went to to kind of like balance the mental effect that was playing with you? Honestly, the mental aspect is just you know being mentally tough. Mm -hmm. um, if you're a business owner and you're not mentally tough, you're not going to make it. Yeah, okay. um, I, I really think that plays a huge role in it is, you know, seeing the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. You know, every, every day is going to suck during that <laughs> process. And it's just being mentally tough to get through it and remembering why you're doing it um, and seeing, you know, the bigger picture at the end. But also what gets you through it and i honestly believe this is having a good quality team around you people that support you uh because if you know you surround yourself with people that are just you know wanting to go out and eat and drink and party all the time and everything um those people are going to influence you you know oh it's just one drink oh it's it's okay just have that bite you know what i mean um, the people I surrounded myself with are the ones that would slap food on my hands and be like, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do 100%, you got this. You know, the days that I didn't want to get out of bed because I was on 1,400 calories, you know, they still pushed me. It's like, go get your workout in, go do your cardio, um, go to work. So having a good, like, supportive team around you helps you get through it as well, too. So outside of bodybuilding, teamwork is something that we talk about constantly, mm -hmm. uh, more so on the business side of things. I'm a firm believer yeah. that to have a successful business, you have to have a team around you. Maybe not employees, maybe not other owners, but people that support you, people that can help you. You know, I always say I, I want to be the dumbest person in the room. I don't want to surround myself with yes men or people that are idiots at yeah. the end of the day. Everyone's got a talent or a skill. Where did that come in? 
outside of the support, where did the that help kind of come in uh, and that knowledge base from your team, not only in bodybuilding, but then also in your businesses, the two businesses that you have and the one that you've helped? So I would say um, the business itself didn't necessarily suffer that I was, you know, more involved in myself and this prep or anything like that. But it also didn't necessarily grow much while I was, I don't want to say away, but I wasn't paying as much attention to it because you can't, you know what I mean? Again, it's an all-in sport. So um, I think the biggest thing was having that team that not only supported me, but they kind of picked up the loose ends of things that needed to get done you know um, I am usually the one that comes in and mops the floors and cleans the entire gym in the mornings and I had you know a couple friends offer to do that for me especially when I was traveling or those those days where like I just wasn't feeling it where they come in take care of the gym um, that having the team here just overseeing how my head trainer uh, would you know lock up at night and make sure everything was good uh, that I mean those little things go a long way because it's one less thing I have to pay attention to so I think just everyone just helping out whether it was something big or something small that's yeah I would say that now when it came to starting up both the clothing line and now the gym uh, did you have a team around you at that point? People that helped you with incorporating, people that helped you with X, Y, or Z? I, um, I've always had a one or two mentors that, you know, they were older. So uh, at the time I was 26 when I started the business. I'm 30 now. So um, when I first started out, I was 26. I surrounded myself with people that were doing much better than myself, um, but they were in their late 40s, you know what I mean, early or late 40s, so they've been in business a lot longer. Were they in fitness? Absolutely not. You know, one, one of them was an insurance agent, but at the end of the day, business is business and sales is sales, you know. If you're good at those things, you, you're good at anything when it comes to sales you know you're selling personal training packages or you're selling insurance it's you know communicating with the customer and you know selling a product that they want or need and they're also buying it because of you specifically they're not they're sometimes not even buying the product it's just you know they're buying that relationship with you so um I looked up to those people, um, they kind of gave me the advices of what not to do, because they've been through it, right, you know, exactly what <laughs> what not to do. If you could have went back, you know, when you started your own business, you would have changed a couple of things, you know, you definitely would be like, yeah, man, that would have been a lot less of a headache. Um, so I did have some mentors, I still have mentors that I look up to, um, and, and again it comes to having a team of people that you surround yourself that will elevate you uh, and not pull you back. But um, when I first started out with a clothing company, I really didn't have a team, I just had somebody mentoring me, you know, saying you should do this, you should do this. Um, I, or like networks as far as, oh, well, if you're going to start a business, you, you need an accountant, you know, you need a legal team. Um, let me send you my guy, you know, and those things go a long way too. You know what I mean? Have an accountant making sure that you're doing everything correctly and legally at the same time. So um, when I first started, no, I really didn't have a team around me. It was just me and maybe a close group of friends that were supportive you know, buying shirts and posting them online. That's about it. When it came, when it came to the gym, though, we were already, you know, three and a half years in the business, and I, I had a pretty big team with me. So when it came to building the facility, moving gym equipment, I mean, 20,000 pounds of weights is what we have in here. I think we moved it four times. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I purchased it in Boca, moved it from Boca to Tampa, put it in a storage unit, and then had to move it again from a storage unit into the facility. 
and then rearrange everything in here. So I've at least moved it four times, 20,000 pounds. And you can't do that by yourself, you'd be wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> so just having a good team because everyone support, everyone wanted this to happen. Everyone wanted to place the train in the community. So everyone was on board and were like, yeah, what, what, what do you need from me? And so it, you know, I didn't have to hire or pay anybody. They were just all supportive to do that. And they were helpful, went a long way. In regards to the gym and the clothing line, ownership or equity wise, is it just you? Um, I own 100% of everything, yes, on paper. <laughs> what on paper. the hell does that mean? <laughs> on paper, so legally, um, yeah, the, everything, I, I own 100%, but um, my girlfriend is very involved into it. So I, say, I see her here all the time. She's here all the time. She cleans, she goes out, buys supplies. Um, she even has clients. You know, she's very involved into the business. And so, you know, when I talk about it, I include her on the ownership, even though it's not legally on paper. Um, obviously, if we end up getting married or anything like that, it will be her business too. So, um, I think it's only fair to include her when it comes to talking about it. It's our business and she works at it just as hard as I do. And this is all you do full time, right? This is all I do full time. And she still works full time and part time here. So she's actually doing more. <laughs> Jeez. So going back to the whole team aspect, was it easy for you to trust people with your business? Because this is like your baby essentially. So it's like not always easy to kind of hand it off to uh, other people and delegate. I surround myself with really good people. Okay. Um, so I, I keep my circle pretty tight. Um, you know, I've been burned in the past younger who hasn't, right. you know what I mean? So I'm very careful who I let in. I, and so, if you're in, I you know I trust you a hundred percent. Nice. I had something that just completely escaped my mind. Um, well, we're gonna touch on something that we talk about most episodes every time we have a guest on. We've touched on it a handful. We call it the imposter syndrome. That feeling of I don't deserve to be here. I'm here because it was just luck. I'm here because it was just right place, right time. I want you to take it in two different directions. The first on the business side. Do you experience imposter syndrome on the business side of things? Where there are days where you're just like, I still don't know what the hell I'm doing. And then touch on it as an athlete. Touch on it on the bodybuilding side of things. Where the, how the hell did I get where I am? This is just luck. Do you ever experience that feeling, that emotion? Um, I would say on the business side, not so much. Only because I know how hard I worked at it and how much I put into it and I dumped my entire life savings into it. <laughs> Literally. Um, when I opened the front doors, I had six months left to, you know, pay the bills and everything. Like, I had six months to make it. That's, you know, that's saying a lot, you know. So, when it comes to the business, I, I don't get that feeling because I, you know, I worked at it for nearly five years to save up for it. Uh, dumped all the time, all the money, all the effort. So, no, I don't really get that feeling. Um, it's just because it, it is mine and I work for it and I'm proud of that. So I don't ever feel like, oh, I don't deserve this. Because um, I did put in the work, no one you know handed me cash or anything like that. Um, the biggest thing about the facility, it's a hundred percent cash funded by me. There's no outstanding loans. I have no debts, no nothing. So that's another thing. You know what I mean? I didn't ask any bank or anything like that for money. Um, as an athlete, I don't necessarily get the feeling, but I'm so brand new to the sport. Um, that I wouldn't say imposter or like a poser or anything like that. It's just uh, I'm still learning a lot and I still need to grow as an athlete in the sport if I keep on going with it. And I think I'll get there, but I think this time around going to a national show and bringing the package that I did 
was a little bit more of a statement than last year where it was just doing two like regional shows and it was just like oh you got up on stage that's pretty cool um this year was a little bit more serious mm -hmm. so i think if i keep working at it and jump back on stage um even better then it's it's going to give me more of a feeling of oh yeah this is this is it and then um in regards to the business you had mentioned you got a couple different things or thoughts in the works here. What's the end goal uh, for both businesses, clothing line and gym uh, location? What's the end goal? Where do you see this winding up? Uh, well, we don't really know that. You know what I mean? Uh, you never know what's going to happen. Um, but what I see or want happening is... Um, as far as the clothing line, I just wanted to grow. I wanted to become one of those brands that you see online. You know, if you're gonna compare it to like Young LA or Anaka or Alpha Elite, I know like it's kind of like far fetched, but I would love to have a clothing company that scales largely, that reaches everywhere and not just locally. Because um, right now my main markets are, you know, Tampa, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania, and I get some orders, you know, scattered throughout the United States. Nothing crazy, but I would like to scale it to the point where I'm reaching everywhere. Um, as far as the gym is concerned, um, right now obviously we are a private facility due to space, so we really focus on the. The quality over quantity, you know, best equipment, best atmosphere, community, all that good stuff. But I would definitely love to at least have one super like facility that's open to the public and lets everybody in um, with the same kind of atmosphere, same kind of style, or get it to a point where I can scale it and do multiple gym locations throughout the United States. Um, having one in like every major city, franchising. So it, it could go either way. Okay, a couple different avenues. A couple different avenues. Um, biggest thing is funding because right now I cash funded everything myself. And while the business is growing and we're profitable and everything like that, to be able to open up a second location, would require a lot more, you know, cash flow. So um, I feel like I definitely prove what I can do on a smaller scale. And if I would find like an investor or somebody that was like, hey, I like what you're doing, I wanna kind of buy in on it. I'd be open to scaling it a lot bigger. Now, I'm curious, you might not even have the answer. Best guess with that cash payment looks like to open a location like this on a big big scale yeah your goal that big location that you're looking at um probably about two million dollars <laughs> trust me i've already crunched the numbers and everything <sighs> yeah about two million dollars okay and you want to go into the same thought process very little debt same way you're kind of doing it now well with an investor um you know if that investor is putting the money in it wouldn't necessarily wouldn't necessarily be debt right. mm -hmm. because they'd be invested into the business. I wouldn't necessarily take a loan out from the investor. You know, I want them to be a partner of yeah. it and they're funding it. Um, so yeah, I definitely want to keep that low because we don't want to borrow money. That's why I would be looking for an investor. But uh, yeah, I would, I would say probably about the same of what it is here, just on a larger scale. Now, was there a reason that you kind of self-funded this location? Um, again, um, overhead expenses. Okay. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to take out massive amounts of loans or debts or anything on like the gym equipment and stuff because with having a brick and mortar location, you have overhead, so you have to, you have to pay for the building, the utilities, the insurance, the staff and everything that is involved with it as well. And then on top of that, having a payment on, you know, a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment is not 
ideal either. So um, I just saved, you know, and during that time is I always tell people when that question comes up, you know, what's your best advice is make sure you're financially stable enough to one fund the gym and two have enough money in a bank to sustain, you know, yourself. Um, you definitely need to live below your means. And a lot of people don't, aren't, aren't actually willing to do that. I think that's the biggest thing is why people are afraid to jump ship from their nine to five going into entrepreneurship because they're comfortable, they collect a paycheck, they drive a nice car and they live in a nice house and they go out to dinners and all that good stuff. And I just think you know, that that's what separates the two people in the entrepreneur and somebody that works nine to five is that comfortable lifestyle. Um, I actually slept in my office for a solid month because I couldn't afford rent on my own. No apartment, so I slept really? in my office. Yeah, wow. Because that, I mean, think about it. That saves you about two grand. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So any by any means necessary to be able to support your dreams. So if you had to cut back on going out to dinners, you know, if I minimize my rent payment, you know, <laughs> or eliminated back, it, or yeah, eliminated it, <laughs> um, those kind of things. Yeah. Wow. Jeez, Entrepreneurs definitely have a little bit of a screw loose. <laughs> I will say that. Uh, was hey, there? I, have, I mean, I have a little kitchen. I have a private oh. office. I have a shower in the bathroom. Yeah, you know, uh, I even on the Amazon ordered one of those hot plates. I was on, I was, I'm a bodybuilder, man. So I'm cooking up my eggs in the morning, training my clients. Like I, yeah. I literally lived here for at least like, I want to say four to six weeks. Did people know that? Family, friends, clients. Friends knew it. Um, clients probably no ideas and members probably no idea they Unless just saw they me back here <laughs> well no actually this uh, the way it looks now is pretty much how it was um it was just my office that had a lot more personal items in it okay. and um i had like a little futon bed back there all my personal belongings that i have now in my house i put those all in a storage unit you know storage unit 250 bucks or rent <coughs> two grand two in tampa grand mm. in tampa so I, I chose that life just to save a little bit. Yeah. But it also goes to show, like you mentioned earlier, how like passionate you are about something. You're willing to forgo certain things. So this being like your passion, I think, kind of allowed you to kind of take a step back and, you yeah. know, live in your office for a little bit because you knew like the bigger picture was worth what you were kind of going through. Yeah, and on moment. top of that, it's like there's no plan B. It's like make it or you lose it all. That's True, yeah. really it. So if... You, uh, if you want to go into business and be your own boss and be an entrepreneur, uh, you have to figure out how to get money. You know what I mean? How to save money, how to make more money. It's a different kind of mindset. And if you don't have it, you're not gonna be successful. You're not gonna be an entrepreneur. You're gonna crash and die really fast. So, and one of the things that, just to change course briefly, one of the things that we always talk about uh, is the mission. Dan and I are very mission-driven people. He started a not-for-profit, uh, something that we believe in very heavily, having a mission behind what you do. The successful entrepreneurs have a mission and they stick to it. Whether the, you know, the ideas and the actual business itself changes, it tends to accomplish the same mission. Touch on your mission, not only as an entrepreneur, but as a person. What do you hope to achieve? Who are you looking to help or change lives? What are you looking to do? So um, basically my mission, um, besides you know, growing my business and everything like that, is really just um, being out there in the community and helping people. Again, my like, bread and butter is just like the lifestyle clients, um, people that need to lose weight, um, are, are just not the healthiest people, um, people that need a little bit more motivation, um, getting those people as clients and literally changing their lives um that's that's my biggest thing yeah so how fulfilling is that because i did check out your website and saw like some of the testimonials of some of the clients you had along the way so how fulfilling is it to watch them kind of reach their goal um as far as like health or weight you know it's um 
seeing people be successful at what they do is, you know, satisfying enough, you know what I mean? Um, I'm definitely grateful for the opportunity, but those people, especially the ones that if you want on my website and the testimonials and everything like mm -hmm. that, um, those, some of those clients are day one clients that are still with me. They've lost the weight, some of them up to a hundred pounds, you know what I mean? Mm. They've lost the weight and they know what to do on their own, trust me, because this isn't just come in, I'll train you, I'll give you a nutrition program. Um, I'm very hands-on and I, I'm more of a teacher than I am just like a trainer or a coach. Like if I tell you to do something, I explain to you why I'm doing it. Um, I teach you how to go out to eat and, you know, looking at a plate, you know, portion control, um, healthier choice, food options. If you go to the grocery store, the number one missed thing is how to read a nutrition label. You don't get, no one teaches that in high school that, or you know what I mean if you, mm -hmm. if you go to college and take a nutrition yeah. class you know I hope they touch on it but you know most people who don't have a nutrition background go into a store and they'll just buy anything without looking at the nutrition label so I make sure that I teach my clients how to apply it even when they're done working with me <clears throat> but it seems to like they just keep coming back you know, my longest standing client is actually at this facility who moved from North Carolina, specifically here because I was moving as a trainer. And so, yeah, he moved down here. He's still a client, still trains with me two, three times a week. He just likes the structure and the accountability aspect. He lost 100 pounds and he's still at it. No shit. Well, Would you move if I move? No, no shot. I'm gonna go on the <laughs> no <trigger. shot. laughs> uh, And I really only have one more question for you. I end every guest episode. It's always my last question because Dan asked it once uh, a while back. If you had to give one piece of advice to a young entrepreneur, not necessarily starting a gym, but starting a business, one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh man, <laughs> catching me off guard here. Um, Honestly, um, it sounds sounds crazy. It's like a Nike commercial, but just do it. Mm. Yeah, if, if if it's in the back of your head and you're undecisive about it, just do it. But that's Simple really enough, it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Because you don't know what's going to happen. You you you're going to you're going to fail. Trust me. <laughs> if you don't, there's something wrong, right? You're going to fail many, many times, but that one time where you are successful at it and it blows up and that's all going to be worth it. So just do it. I like that. You can, I like always, that a lot. Make, you can always make more money, you know? And again, it comes back to like, if you have it or you don't, mm. if you can't figure out how to make it, it's not for you to begin with. So give it a shot. And I don't always say, quit your job. I'm not that person. Um, Mark Cuban on Shark Tank. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not that person. Somebody's like, yeah, I wanna, I wanna start a side hustle or something. I'm all for it. Side hustles are great to make money on the side, scale your business while you're still making a full-time income. Don't jump ship on it. Um, you gotta be able to get comfortable enough to where you feel like, hey, I can make it on my own, so don't just be like, oh, I'm quitting my nine to five and starting this. Absolutely not, guys. For three years, I worked a full-time job, and I personal trained, I online coached, and I did my merchandise sales online for three years before I was even remotely comfortable to say, hey, um, I'm going to go do this full-time. But, um, yeah, my, my advice is if you're on the fence about it, just go ahead and do it. You ain't got nothing to lose. Just jump in. Uh, jump in. You're gonna fail. If you, you know, that one time that you make it, it's all gonna be worth it. And just work your ass off. Mm. I like that. You got anything else before we hop into the book of questions? Um, so I have a random question <laughs> that I want to throw out there. So when you are working out, do you yep. prefer to listen to music, podcasts, uh, motivational speakers? What's like your? Uh, so thing? it really depends. Um, okay. When I'm training. 
I like to listen. If I'm training just myself, mm -hmm. headphones in, music on blast, I'm in the zone. Right. Um, when I'm doing cardio, I like podcasts, motivational speakers, um, one being Andy Frazilla. You guys listen to him? I've heard the name. I don't know. So Andy has the um, podcast as the, um, well, the motherfucking CEO. <laughs> He's the... Uh, you can swear on here. We don't yeah, care. All right. He's the um, CEO of First Form, you know, that company. First yeah, Form. yeah. Yeah. So he's the CEO, but he has a company, um, a, a podcast that basically is everything that we're talking about is what he talks about. Hmm. So um, it, it's, it goes in and out. Sometimes it's political with what's going on in the United States and stuff like that. But majority of his podcasts are about being mentally tough, mm. business ownerships, how to scale businesses. Um, what I would say one of the best podcasts that you could ever listen to as far as, and it's it's not for the weak. Seriously, he'll he'll call your shit out and you'll feel personally attacked. He's like, oh, I do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I do that. <laughs> shit, that's me. Shit, that's me. Movement. Seriously. And he'll, yeah. he'll call you out. It's definitely not for the week. So um, that's a podcast I like to listen to while I do cardio. Mm. just gets me amped up. It also, you know, puts me back on track. It's like, oh, you, you're right. I, I can't be feeling sorry for myself. Like, let, let's get to work. Mm. Uh, no one cares. Work harder. Uh, but yeah, podcast while I'm doing cardio, um, if, I, if I'm not in the mood, I'll throw on a Netflix episode, you know, something like that, okay. get my mind off of it. But for training, just, yeah, music on full blast, yeah. don't speak to me. <laughs> that, was, that was the biggest thing during this prep was um, I'm here all the time and everyone knows I'm the owner. So if I'm training, it's a few things happen either the members or somebody comes and talks to me which you know is fine it's it, it, it's part of being a business owner you have to stop smile shake a hand um or i'll catch myself being in the facility and you know somebody didn't re-rack their weights uh, i gotta re-rack the weights or this looks dirty so i start catch myself cleaning and everything so while i was on prep i trained at other local gyms. I do think I actually saw that. Yep. I, I never picked that up. I trained at other gyms because people didn't know me. Yeah, and the same sense. thing, I put my headphones in, I rocked yeah. the music. Just the only focus. people that knew me were the owners of that gym and they knew why I was there. And so they, you know, they actually gave me a key fob to their gym and they're just like, and it's, it's mutual respect because they also compete and they have a key fob for this gym free of charge you know they let me use their facility i let them use my facility and uh, you know the, the owner of that gym is actually on prep right now so he's been training here getting ready for it because he tells me he runs into the same issue catch myself working and not training and bodybuilding is an all-in sport it's selfish and unfortunately like that's that's just part of it so hmm. I was training at other gyms just so people wouldn't stop and talk to me or I wouldn't get sidetracked. I never picked that up. Hmm. Yep. It makes sense though. It, it does. Sense. So I have one more question. Yep. I just thought of, have you ever felt like burnt out along the way from like starting the gym to even competing? Was there every time you was like, man, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> every day of my life. Every day. <laughs> every day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you definitely get burned out. Yeah. Uh, you have to live your life, right. you know. Um, the, while you're on prep, it, it, it is all, all or nothing. So, you know, for those 20 weeks, those five months, like, you're, you're going to put all your effort into everything that you're doing, your business, your prep, um, your food, your relationship. You know, you put everything into it. So yeah, there's days that you're really gonna feel burned out and feel like, hey, like this, uh, this isn't for me. I can't do this. But again, that's where mental toughness comes in, and you push through it. 
But um, it just aside from that, now that I'm done with the prep portion of it, I still have to run a business, you know, two businesses and scale those um, and still manage uh, social life and the relationship and everything like that. So do I feel burned out at times? Yeah, absolutely. Who wouldn't? But what you got to do is you got to make time for yourself. Mm. That's another probably piece of advice is while you're, you're getting started, you're going to put all your you know all your effort into it and everything but there is times where you need to take a step back mm. you have to one kind of look at what you did you know what i mean and soak it all in it's that moment right. you know you're like wow i'm, I'm actually living it mm-hmm. so you got to soak it all in but you got to make time for yourself you need to recharge so whether it's taking a vacation or a day to yourself or something like that uh, absolutely go ahead and do that otherwise you will burn yourself out and what you're passionate about is going to leave you because mm. you'll be miserable doing it so I think that's just as important as taking a step back appreciating what you have and what you have done and taking some time for yourself now real quick before we wrap up here Andre where can all of our listeners find you social media is where you at yeah, so um, I'm old school, so I do have Facebook, but I, you know, I just use that to keep in touch with family and some friends from long from the past. Everything that is, you know, bodybuilding, um, online coaching, to just my my business itself and my personal life is mainly really on Instagram. Um, so I have three accounts, two business accounts, and then one personal account. Um, the my personal account is going to be Andre A N D R E um, dot Moscalis M O S K H A L I S. You'll find me there, and then in the bio, you'll be able to follow all the business mm-hmm. stuff. So. Um, websites included all the links to all my affiliates all my partnerships all my sponsorships everything's there and then we end every episode with a question from a book from target called 3,000 questions about me so give me a number one to three thousand pick a number we're gonna go with 18 18 if you were to die and come back as a person or a thing what would it be or who (laughs) They're random questions, man. <laughs> sometimes it makes sense. You always sometimes go with another one. Stupid. <laughs> so if you were to die and come back as a random person, who would it be? Yeah. Myself. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Really? Why Matthew? McConaughey? I love Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I don't know. He's like. George Washington, sure. Someone <laughs> random. Someone, someone. I mean, not necessarily random, but I mean, a uh, it's a person or a thing. So maybe uh, an animal. If yeah, you want to be an animal. Somebody's dog, yeah, for sure. Somebody's dog. Somebody's that treats their dog well. Bro, your your dog has cancer. <laughs> I don't want to go back to your dog. She's treated like a diva, though. She's better than I do sometimes. Yeah. I'd, I, I don't know. I'm kind of stunned by that question. <laughs> sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes yeah. it's stupid. But yeah. all right, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, you know, Andre, we really appreciate yeah, you hopping on. We gotta really appreciate this. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.